Good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you today. As you might remember, we are engaged in a sermon series on the church that we want to be, and we're seeking to follow where God is leading us. And today, as we focus on that church that we believe God is calling us to be, we want to focus on the component that we live into here at First Church around beautiful diversity. And so part of what that means is we want to celebrate differences among us and the unique and wonderful ways that God has wired us and to be able to celebrate, uh, again, those differences when they occur among us. So as we get ready to do that, would you join with me in a word of prayer? Almighty God, this day may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, shaking us to new life in you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Many of you know at least a little bit about me. Uh, I've had the opportunity now to be here well over a decade, which is really hard to believe. Uh, our boys were only in first grade when we came. They're now seniors in high school. Our daughter Alex was in fourth grade. She's now a junior in college. So because of that, because we spent some time together, you know a little bit about me. For example, I've mentioned frequently that I grew up on a farm. You know, that is a part of my life. Uh, many of you know that I like to run, or more accurately, I like to eat, so I choose to run in order to stay in at least a little bit of shape. Uh, many of you know that I'm blessed with a wonderful family with my wife, Jen, and then Alex and Josh and Zach. Uh, many of you might remember I'm left-handed. That's one of the unique factors about me. Some of you, might know that if you're trying to describe who I am, uh, you would be better off to put me in the plod along category rather than the crazy and spontaneous category. That's more reflective of my personality. Uh, many of you would know I'm, I'm not a good singer, and many of you would know that fashion is not my strongest suit. I am frequently asking Jen or my friend Dan for some help when it comes to fashion choices. And then it also, if you know me at all, you would know that giving Matt the original of anything is really not a good idea. And maybe most significant of all, many of you would remember that Duke is my absolute favorite basketball team. Uh, just as a side note there, I think this is the first time I've even mentioned Duke in 2023. So I think that is pretty good on my part. I lift all of those things up today because those are things about me. Those are things that are unique to me. But one of my absolute favorite, favorite things about God is that in God's church, when we gather together, I get to encounter a whole lot of people not like me. There are lots of you who are fashionable. <laughs> there are lots of you who are good singers. There are lots of you who are creative and spontaneous. And I realize there's even many of you who don't love Duke. And I love this. Because while it can be a challenge to be with those who are different from us, we know that from Scripture, God's church is called to be made up of many different kinds of people. People who then, when you bring them all together, they reflect the full beauty of God so that we can grow with one another and complement one another and learn from one another. Just stop and think for a moment. Imagine a world that only had shades of black or white or gray. Imagine a world where the only smell was peppermint. Imagine a world where the only food to eat was carrots. Imagine a world where all there was was desert landscape. Think about how much we would be missing. 
We live in a world with wonderful diversity and beauty of colors that fill an entire spectrum of the rainbow. Did you know that while there are only a handful of primary colors, when you mix in the shades and the lightings together, it's estimated that you can have over 10 million shades of color, different color. Some say there's even an infinite number of different colors you can ultimately come up with. We live in a world with wonderful scents to enjoy. It's been estimated that the human being can actually smell up to one trillion scents. That means we get to enjoy not just peppermint, but cinnamon and vanilla and perfumes and roses and violets and spices and all kinds of other wonderful elements. We live in a world filled with diversity when it comes to foods. Thousands upon thousands of foods. That means we get to enjoy chocolate and apples and potatoes and cookies and salmon and oranges and pineapple and any other delicious food that you can think of because there's a diversity of foods to choose from. And we live in a world of diversity when it comes to those landscapes in our world and in the universe. There are mountains and oceans, there are lakes and waterfalls, there are stars and sun and moons, there are pastures and grasses and breezes and deserts. And it's in that wonderful diversity that we find so much beauty. It's the same in God's church. We know that God's church, it's made up of people. And one of the distinguishing marks of God's church has always been the incredible diversity of people found within it. So often we would hear the opposite in our culture. We live in a time when we are often broken down to try to be funneled to people just like us. But when we do that, we miss out on the depth and the richness and the beauty found in the diversity that God offers among us. From the very beginning, God's church has broken down social barriers in order to foster unity that goes beyond our human preferences or realities or skin colors. It's why we hear in the book of Genesis, if we go all the way back to Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, early on in chapter 12, verse 3, we hear as God is beginning God's people through the person of Abraham, we hear these words, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse and then it says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth, not just the people of God through Abraham, but ultimately all peoples, all nations. So from the very beginning, it was God's intent to bless all people. In Hebrews chapter 11, we hear of names of greatness that we find commonly throughout the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament names such as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But we also hear of Rahab, who was a prostitute. We see in the genealogy of Jesus himself, both King David, the greatest king in the people of God, and also Tamar, a woman who acted like a prostitute. We see lowly shepherds welcoming Jesus at his birth, and we see women being the first ones to proclaim his resurrection, both oddities of the time to have those kind of individuals being the ones to welcome the newborn king or the risen Christ among us. We see among the disciples individuals who are shepherds and tax collectors and everything in between. We see Jesus perform miracles for important Roman centurions, and also people considered nobodies in that society at that time. 
And then when Paul comes along, he makes sure that the gospel message is shared not just for the Jewish people, not just for God's people of Israel, but all people everywhere. This is what we hear in today's scripture passage in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul's point is simple. In faith in Jesus Christ, we are all united in a beautiful diversity in the body of Christ. It does not matter if you are Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, you are one in Christ. We cannot understand how radical a notion this was in that time or really even today, because increasingly in our world, the church can offer a counter witness against the us versus them mentality of our world. But it's all able to happen because of a grounding in Christ. The key is in Christ. We don't have time today to dive into this too deeply, but part of what Paul is telling us in Galatians is that the bond of unity that we have in Christ, it's stronger than our human-made differences. Why? Because of this reality. Consider this. Consider the source of our identity changes. So we hear this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, so in Christ Jesus. We become children of God through faith in Jesus. So that changes our identity. It changes us simply from having an identity based on a human construct to have an identity grounded in Christ himself. One of the reasons that I sign every single one of my emails that I send literally in Christ, Matt, is that because this, this, this phrase for me is a powerful one. It's the key in so many ways to experiencing a beautiful diversity. It's only when we are in Christ together that we who are different can be united together. When we all have a commonality of faith in Christ, we can travel together in such a way that our differences are no longer barriers. It's not based on our own individual actions or our own merits. It's found in the common grace and the common work of Jesus Christ that then puts us all on the exact same playing field. And because of that, all of us can experience a commonality of blessing together. In Christ, the old divisions are wiped away and we become one in Christ. Galatians 1.28 says it this way, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Here then is what all of that begins to mean. When God's church is living as God intends, it's beautifully diverse in a way that cannot easily be categorized. There's no one human category that can fully explain or capture the essence of the beauty of God's diversity in God's church. So in that way, we want to be a church that is so beautifully diverse that it defies any human category. God's church is so beautifully diverse that it defies any human category that we try to put upon it. 
Human beings, we try to excel in putting labels on things that neatly put things in categories, but God's church, it always breaks down those barriers because there's no one human category that can fully encompass a divine reality. And so we want to be a church where young and old serve together. We want to be a church where Democrats and Republicans can dine together. We want to be a church where black and white sacrifice together. We want to be a place where more progressive and more conservative individuals can learn together and serve together. We want to be a church where rich and poor give together. We want to be a church in our highly polarized world that is abundantly clear that God's love is for absolutely everyone, gay and straight and everyone in between, that God's love is for all. And we want to be a church where even Penn State and Ohio State fans can celebrate together. Because when the divisions between us are taken down, there the world discovers a beautiful diversity. Now, I'm not naive to the fact that Interacting with other individuals can be quite challenging. Interacting with people not like us can be hard. But what I know and what I believe is that when Jesus is at the center of our being and when Jesus is at the center of us as a church, even our greatest divides, even our greatest differences can be bridged together and something beautiful and wonderful can emerge. Something that draws the world to it because the world looks around and says, where is this coming from? I'm not finding it anywhere else. And what we start to realize is that in Christ, the common bond that we have is one that inspires us and draws us in and is absolutely beautiful. And when we discover that love that bridges even our greatest divides, we find that it's good. And we find that it's well. Sometimes in this world, we are able to see glimpses of the beauty that comes when divisions are wiped away, when new possibilities begin to emerge, even in surprising places. A few weeks ago, something happened in the sports world that quickly moved from a sports story to a news story. Maybe you heard about it. A young man named Damar Hamlin, who's only 24 years old, was playing defense for the NFL football team, the Buffalo Bills, and he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field after tackling a Cincinnati Bengals player. He got up and then immediately fell back over onto the turf. And nobody was quite sure what was happening, but everything stopped, literally everything stopped. Nobody knew what to do with this young man who now was lying motionless on the field. Eventually, the entire game was canceled as they rushed him to the hospital. And suddenly, the multi-billion dollar NFL business enterprise stopped. Suddenly, it didn't matter who was a winner or a loser in the game. It didn't matter who was going to make the playoffs or not. Suddenly, it was no longer the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. It didn't even matter if you were a football fan or not. Suddenly, everybody was on the same side, praying for, crying for, hoping for healing for DeMar, pulling for him that he would be okay. Comments and prayers went viral in minutes from every sector of society. Now, thankfully, uh, Damar ended up being relatively okay. He is in the process of healing. And one of the headlines in the days after the event was this, NFL community unites in support of Damar Hamlin. 
They were no longer 32 different teams all against each other. They were all one in support of DeMar. Something beautiful was going on. Hamlin himself had come from a rough childhood in his upbringing. So just a few weeks prior to this incident, Hamlin had actually set up a GoFundMe with the goal of uh, trying to positively impact kids who had been hardest hit by the pandemic. His initial goal was only $2,500. After this incident where he had uh, experienced this tremendous health scare, that amount ballooned to over $8 million. Last I heard, it was around $8.6 million in his GoFundMe account. It could only happen because everyone united from all these different angles and spaces and places. They all rallied together to make something happen by working together and raising that much money in support of Damar. Beautiful diversity. In this world of beautiful diversity, we know that tends to be the exception rather than the norm. And yet the church, the church of God, it's called to be our norm so that we can offer to the world a different and beautiful and wonderful witness. In Christ, our differences can be melted away. We are so blessed at First Church to be a church that worships on Sunday mornings in traditional ways and contemporary ways. We worship online and in our Acts network in places like nursing homes and rugby fields and coffee shops and volleyball courts and homes. We are so blessed to have staff and congregants from ages newborn all the way through their 90s and everyone in between. We're so fortunate to have folks who come from a variety of sociological, economic, and cultural backgrounds. And we are so excited to create opportunities for those who know Jesus and want to grow deeper and for those who do not yet know the love of Jesus. It's all so wonderfully messy and challenging and diverse and beautiful. And when the transformative love of Christ shines through all of our differences, we discover the beauty of what it means to be the body of Christ. Last week, I showed you a picture of Charlie Worth. He was one of our rugged, rugged disciples. This week, I want to show you one more picture of Charlie, only this one has a picture of Charlie and Eric. And I always share this picture in our Disciples Journey One group when people are considering joining in the life of First Church because to me, it demonstrates the beautiful diversity that we're talking about. Notice it's not just a picture of Charlie putting up with Eric as a younger generation. And it's not just Eric putting up with Charlie, who Charlie could have been his grandfather or great-grandfather. There is a mutual pulling for a mutual love and respect for one another, and it's absolutely inspiring to me. It's beautifully, wonderfully diverse, and it's the type of church we want to be. Would you pray about us being a beautifully diverse church and help us to live into it in Christ alone? where together we realize it is well with our soul, it is beautiful in our soul as we travel together. By God's grace and mercy and truth, may this be our reality together. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today, as we get ready to go forth, let us go in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, 
living into God's beautiful diversity as God's holy, united church and sharing that beautiful diversity with all that we meet. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.